Thank you for joining us for another episode of Coffee and Collaboration, where the coffee is optional, but the collaboration is essential. Hosted by Kimberly Winborn and Al the Great. Coffee and Collaborations is a production of Coffee and Collaborations Media. Executive Producers, James Branch, Kimberly Winborn, and Al the Great. Resident Graphic Designer, Elton Benjamin. Grab your coffee and enjoy the show. Hey, y'all. Welcome to... Huh? Hey, everybody. (laughs) You ate afterwards. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. Okay, I'll start again. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Coffee and Collaborations podcast. Yet another episode. I am your host, Kimberly Winborn. My company is Kimberly Winborn, LLC. And Coffee and Collaborations Media is a component of Kimberly Winborn LLC. I'm happy to be here today with my co-host. I am the co-host, Allie Great. I am CEO of Good Steward Apparel and lead designer of Good Steward Apparel Brands. And we are really excited about our guests who we're going to talk about in a few minutes. Yes, I want to tell you all. Okay, so if you've been tuning in, which I hope you have, last month we had women all month long. We were celebrating women who are powerful moms, entrepreneurs, inspirations in the community. Well, June, of course, we celebrate another big day, Father's Day, right? And so we want to do the same thing for the fellas. We want to celebrate men who are out here being amazing fathers, entrepreneurs, leaders in the community. And so we are excited to launch this series of powerful men in collaboration for the month of June. Al is gonna tell you in just a moment about our amazing guest that we have today, but I wanna tell you really quickly before we move forward about coffee and collaborations. And it's just gonna take me just a moment. If this is your first time tuning in, coffee and collaborations is about building relationships in order to create collaborations because by working together, we can create a powerful blow in the community and do more. So it's about collaboration over competition. That's what this is each episode we focus on. And that's why you hear the word collaboration out of my mouth thousands of times because it's so significant for us to get that. And so I'm in collaboration with my amazing co-host and then we brought on another amazing collaborator but it today as our special guest. So go ahead on out, tell us a little bit about, and hello, Maurice, welcome to the Coffee and Collaborations podcast. Hey, everybody. So like, like Kimberly said, we are highlighting, uh, you know, amazing entrepreneurs and, and fathers this month. And we thought it would only be fitting to, to start off with Maurice. Maurice Webb is owner of Precision Striping. He's the founder of 21 Century Fatherhood. He's a minister, a speaker, and now a new author. Uh, We wanted to start off with him because he's doing a lot of amazing work for fathers and he's a huge advocate for fathers. So he would be the the perfect guest to have on just to start off our our, our month of fatherhood. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Maurice, that I I didn't tell already. Well, thank you guys for having me on and I certainly appreciate the opportunity to come on and talk about fatherhood. It's definitely a... um, Uh, A topic that's near and dear to my heart. Um, I do believe that being a father is one of the um, uh, best things that has ever happened to me. Uh, It literally changed my life. Um, I have three girls. 
twins. Uh, my first children in this world were twins. God has got it's funny like that, right? <laughs> um, and um, I had twins with no job. Um, just moved to North Carolina, no friends. Was trying to figure out my life, and um, had been married for a couple of years. And it was it was the best of times and the worst of times all together. And um, the question, the number one question I get all the time is, um, what made me start a business doing striping? Uh, when I was 15 years old, growing up in the city of Detroit, um, a friend of mine actually introduced me to a guy that he knew who was doing that type of work. And um, he needed some help one day. And I was just supposed to come in and be a, like, like a kind of a day labor type of person. But I liked it so much that I really wanted to impress the guy. Mm -hmm. And he was like, hey, tell that one guy to come back next week. I need him to help you to do something. Um, <laughs> and I just kept getting invited back. And then eventually he was like, you know, would you like a job? And I said, of course. And what attracted that type of work to me was all my friends were working at McDonald's and the kind of typical jobs. And I was doing something that I felt was like real cool. It was real kind of, you know, had a mystique to it. And I just thought that was the coolest thing in the world. And um, I always said if I ever was going to start a business, I was going to start a striping company. Mm. And I spoke that so much that literally it was like all over me. Mm. And um, I literally would search on Craigslist night and day for a striping machine. And my first striping machine that I ever bought, I paid $500 for it. Um, <laughs> uh, that was the machine that he he had taught me on, and it wow. was one available. So I knew exactly how to use the machine. So going to pick the machine up, this guy lived in Virginia, and I had this little Lexus ES three hundred. Now you might remember that little black car I had. I'm, I'm maybe I not. Do. Yeah. Okay, it had a hitch on it. So I went to U-Haul, rented a little trailer, and drove to to Virginia, Danville, Virginia with uh, $500 in my pocket. It was the last $500 I had in a savings account. But I believed in this business so much that I was like, I'm gonna make it back. So I take the, the, the ride up this road and the guy pulls the machine out and doesn't start. And I'm like, man, I really don't want to buy a lemon. Right. And he, um, he, he sells me the machine. I take it to this mechanic here locally. And literally the only thing that was wrong with it was the carburetor and it, it was dust in it. And that's how I started my company with one little machine, and um, yeah, that's how I got started. I love it. Yeah, that's a, such a great story. Yeah, yeah. mystery, intrigue. Yeah. <laughs> so you you mentioned that you and your wife collab. You know, you you kind of work together with Precision Striping. Right. So that that is that is a unique experience for you know a lot of married couples can't do it. You know, yeah. you, you have home life and then you have work life and that, that will be rough for a lot of married couples. So how has that collaboration just helped with your, your business precision striping and any other uh, collaborations that have had, uh, you know, help with the success of precision striping? Well, it was, it was, it, it's, it's tough and easy all at the same time, because uh, when, we're, when we're working in our gifts, um, we are very, uh, effective. It's when we start stepping on each other's toes where, you know, I'm trying to do something that she usually does or she's trying to do something that I usually do. And that's where we've gotten more refined 
Um, but I actually had to recruit into the business because she was always kind of around the business, but she wasn't really working in the business. Um, she would kind of give me some advice on things, but I felt like um, with her talents and gifts and where she was in her career, I was like, I could do better for you than that. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, she, she, where she was working, I just was like, we can do better. And I believed it. <laughs> I didn't have the money. One thing about me is I don't really, I don't get intimidated by not having the resources to get started. I just keep doing stuff and then things kind of work themselves out. Mm -hmm. So I told her I was going to replace her salary. So she made a deal with me. She said, if you replace my salary for six months and, um, and health insurance, I think that was one of the things that she <laughs> was part of the deal, health insurance. But I wanted to make sure that my kids had access to their mom because I have girls. And so I wanted to take away any, I wanted to take away any barriers for her being a mom. Mm -hmm. You know, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll take care of providing. I'll figure it out. Um, and that's kind of the old fashioned, you know, granddad took care of home. Mom stayed at home with the kids kind of thing. I'm a little old fashioned like that. I mean, she can work if she wants to, right? Don't get me wrong. That was the real start of it, but I think the, the main thing is just to build a family business. You yeah. know, I really believe that um, a family business is just a, a great way to go. And um, yeah. I've had my issues with jobs and things like that to where I'm like, I'm just all in now on what I'm doing. And um, and that's paid off for the most part. Um, so that's, that's that, was my, that was my motivation. It's really just for my girls to have access to their mom for her mom to be available. You know, we have three girls and Kinsley's two now. And um, I just I just felt like that was important. So yeah. I, that motivates me to work hard. Yeah, I love that. I, I love your story. Um, I love your passion for your family and legacy. What you're gonna leave, what is gonna trickle down to your girls, to the community and, and what just that whole family structure. Um, I absolutely love that. And you mentioned that, you know, maybe that's old fashioned, some of the, the ways that you think and but I, I believe that it, it, people call things old-fashioned that are absolutely necessary still though you know what works for one family structure may not work for another right but what worked right. for your family was able to bring her and, and bring her home and you guys have that legacy that you want to design for your life which i think is significant so many of us don't even imagine living our lives based on what we want really truly want and dream for and we just do the day-to-day -day and what everybody else is doing you know but that's a part of what keeps people hustling and, and hustling in a good way not like tiring yourself out but to your point of being able to replace her income in a month there was a passion there and a purpose that you, you were driven by something that you designed and defined that you all wanted for your family structure. And so I love that. That's, that's how I coach. That's how I mentor and teach people. Like you gotta have a, you gotta have a goal. You gotta define what you want and then go out and design it, create those opportunities and do it. And, um, I think about how you said it related to even the whole fatherhood movement. Well, you have a structure that many people never get to experience. Many of us did not have a father and a mother at home. 
And if we did, we didn't have a father and a mother that had a business that they were working together. You know, it's so many different dynamics that you that you guys have that are a great example. And I want to hear a little bit more about the fatherhood. Twenty-one uh, century father is. Did I get that correct? Twenty-one century fatherhood. Yes. Yes. Can you tell us a, just a little bit more about that? I would love to hear that. Well, it, it, it's drawn from a, a, a deep, broken place um, with my own father, right? Mm-hmm. Um, my father was an alcoholic. My father's still alive, by the way. My mother's deceased. Um, and I grew up watching my mother and father, who were together for 32 years, but never he never married my mother. Mm-hmm. And he, he's been married twice. And I watched him um, kind of really uh, not treat her like the woman and queen that she should have been treated like. So I was angry and most boys, um, there's a, there's a raging anger that is built up when they see their mother mistreated. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I had that, but I also had Jesus Christ in my life. So I was really stuck between trying to forgive him and deal with this anger. And it caused me to really be a isolated kid. I was, you know, just, um, I just didn't have anyone kind of helped me to bring that out of me until I turned 16. Mm-hmm. When I turned 16, I started playing football. That was a way to channel that anger, channel that, that frustration. I was around older men, coaches, and it was my first experience with really seeing that you can break through this. Well, through that experience, I started dating girls. And then they would see this anger in me. They were like, you're just a nice guy, but you got this place in you that is really isolated. So that was the first time I really started to see that while wow, other people can see something and that's in me and not always positive because I was the funny guy. I was the guy I was the, I was voted class clown in eighth grade and 12th grade. I'm real proud about that. <laughs> um, and I was always using jokes to keep the attention off of me, which most kids do. And I was very insecure. My teeth was crooked. I mean, I just, you know, I've struggled with my weight over the years. I just had all these insecurities. So. I was social, but I was like, but she couldn't get close to me, mm-hmm. right? right? And I would always keep myself isolated. And I realized that I was dealing with something that was related to my father. And um, when I got older, I started to try to talk to him. My father is the type of person that he's real old school, right? He, he you don't, you don't just, um, you don't just sit down and have a heart to heart with him. Right. He's going to redirect the conversation. He's going and it would just always be some one, one thing or another. Well, I ended up going into foster care and that really changed my life because instead of going back home when I had the opportunity, I just kind of hit the road. And so to speak, um, I stayed with the my foster mom. Um, as soon as I graduated from high school, I immediately enrolled in college Mm -hmm. and I just started to try to expose myself to so many things and the funny thing is is that you can go halfway around the world and you still got to come back to these broken places yeah right it's a you come you come full circle right so I realized that no matter what I could do I had to deal with this place and it wasn't really just talking to my dad. It was really dealing with it within my own insecurities. 
that's when I started to say, what am I really passionate about? What am I really deeply concerned about? It was fatherhood. And the, the, the best way to help yourself is to help other people. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. you gain so much gratification. If it comes from a real genuine place, you gain a lot of gratification from giving out of your heart. When you give out of your heart, you... It, it brings so much fulfillment to you. And I, I said, I don't have a clue as to how to really help anybody else, but I need to help myself mm-hmm. because I'm a dad and I don't want my kids to ever experience the things that I went through, right? Then I realized my wife had daddy issues, right? So she's going through her own insecurities and anger problems and so on and so forth. Then as I started to talk to friends, they were going through issues. And I said, man, I said, if you sit down and talk to most people, you, you ask them what is mostly has mostly impacted their lives. A lot of times they tell you something from their childhood. Oh, yeah. And a lot of times they'll tell you something that happened with them and a parent, particularly their dad. Mm-hmm. Right. So I said, this keeps coming up. It keeps coming up. It keeps coming up. It keeps coming up. And then just being an entrepreneur, I said, I need to market this in a way that gets this message out clearly. Mm-hmm. And so two years ago, as part of my coaching, I started to recreate my image. I literally sat down and said, I want to change my image. And in changing my image, I know that other men are going to see this. And I'm hoping that they pick up just a piece of it and start to recreate their own image. Because yeah. being a man and being a father, man, what greater um, powerful place and position do you have? You can literally change someone's life by your presence. I mean, that's that's deep. Yeah. When a man, when a father walks in the room and his children see him, they change. Yeah. One way or another, both negative and positive, they change. <laughs> that's just an example of the, the power that we have as men to not be abusive with that power but if we use it correctly we can really be a great influence to the people around us so that's what i wanted to do i just wanted to be an influence that was positive and i know a lot of women who have issues with their fathers so i wanted to be a, a positive voice for them and say look i can't change the relationship you had with your father but at least you're going to see from me that i want to show you by taking care of my kids that somebody's doing it trying to do it better trying to do it correctly and i don't get it right all the time but i wanted to but i wanted to be available to my kids yeah and and that's the main thing yeah i love it yeah i haven't i haven't found that maurice that uh if i go and talk to my kids quietly that they're gonna do what i said you gotta yell (laughs) i gotta gotta use some some base it's a technique and (laughs) <laughs> my my wife would always think it was like when my kids were young they were babies I mean like little little babies I would talk to them and I, I would I would use you know bass in my voice sometime and, and tell them not to do things and she would always look at me crazy like what are you doing like they don't understand what you're saying but it, it carried over yeah and yeah. and there are times where I don't have to yell I do, I do just have to use a little bass and they understand like I, w- I was getting them used to hearing my voice Right. And the different uh, flexions and and what they, what it meant and it, it definitely made a difference. 
Yeah. And I, I feel like the, the work that you're doing is, is really great. Yeah. Especially when, you know, we've we've come through your generation and my generation, our generation, where the the stereotype and the stigma was that a lot of fathers were not around. And I know that's something that I experienced, that my father wasn't around. So it, it made me a, a lot more passionate about being around for my kids and right. about, you know, helping other fathers. So I, I definitely understand that and definitely understand how much fathers are needed. You know, fathers are the ones that, you know, mothers too, but fathers are the ones that help provide that security for, yeah. for kids and yeah. for the children that they feel like they can go out there and be in anything and do anything so you know you definitely have to have that piece yeah can i mention a few things yeah so um so i go into the prisons uh i i'm a, a regular speaker over at central prison i've been to butner prison numerous times and um i am in the i go in and i talk with these guys on a monthly basis and I, what i realize is that at every level um the subject of fatherhood comes up yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah. these men, these men are doing hard time. And a lot of them will say they didn't have that influence. Yeah. Or they, or, or they didn't listen or it was, it was, they didn't have a, a community. They didn't have this or that. And I'm like, then we kind of cast them away sometimes because like you've made the decision, you know, live with the results. And I come in and I'm like, no, I'm gonna walk with you through this too. Mm -hmm. and and that that is what i'm really proud about now so the work we're doing with um prison reform has been phenomenal because that gives me a, a very clear perspective of the consequences of not being present right yeah so then i said let me take it a step further and this has really been a five year in the making ordeal with precision striping now both the guys that work for me, they have felonies, right? So by society standards, they are not even, they're half a citizen, right? They can't vote. They can't own a gun. Um, and most times they can't get a, get a job. Yeah. These guys work very hard for the company, right? And they have a genuine appreciation because literally now they are learning a skill. I pay them a decent wage. And I treat them like men. So I'm very proud about now being able to finally, and I've worked very hard to get to this point, and I'm really hoping that it continues for the next three, four decades. And that is, I go and I talk to these guys in the prison, but then I also hire them. Like, I, I seek out guys who nobody else want to hire. And don't get me wrong, I will fire them if they're not doing their job. But I also let them know that your story is my story and i want you to know that somebody does care out here i'm now really being able to <laughs> on multiple levels say that i've been able to really have some impact and it's very small but i am so proud about that because that is that is really the mission for me which is i don't want to just say something i also want to be involved in it i want to be i want to put my resources behind it so this fatherhood piece now on the entrepreneur side has been kind of two years in the making. Yeah. And now it's starting to get a little bit of traction. I'm on you guys' show. I got to do some other interviews and we'll talk about some other resources coming. So I'm, I'm, I'm starting to sound, see how when you really put that time in, 
something that you believe in and you're passionate about, you know, it gets people's attention. And I'm glad about that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's and that's what it's about being impactful. You know, it's, yep. it's, it's about the work that you're doing, being in, being impactful, you know, it's being as impactful as you can in one lifetime. Yeah. That is kind of always, you know, has been my model with my company and the things that we do. How much, how much can you do in one lifetime? How many people can you touch in one lifetime? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the this question. So a lot. I feel like a lot of times fathers have a, a bad rep. You know, we have the the rep of of kind of getting tunnel vision sometimes. And I've I've been through that season of getting tunnel vision where you're trying to build a business and you focus. You probably put too much time on the business and then you know uh, you stray away. You not not as not enough time with the family. So how can how can fathers do you know how can give us some tips on how we can balance balance it all with having that business and family life and all these other things we have to do versus just having that tunnel vision and being overly focused on career and you know business well i will say this is this is definitely we'll talk about this the resource a little bit later but i uh there's something that i talk about and it's just really being trendy and being trendy is all about being flexible right um when you're rigid you can miss a lot because you are so narrow-minded that you think that the only way to get to point b is through this straight and narrow path when you can take a circle you can go zigzag and there's many ways to get there when i started i was very rigid and narrow-minded i thought that the only way that i could be a successful entrepreneur is living in my own head mm -hmm. and i thought that the best way to do that was to shut everything else out and that's an old archaic way of thinking um we live in a world now where literally you guys are in one location and i'm in another location but yet we're having a interaction so there is so many new ways to get to that point b now and i was closed off to them this is why I had to bring my wife in because she doesn't think like me. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we are not, we're intimidated or we are, we, we shun away people who don't think like us. And that's really the type of people that we need in our life. Yeah. yeah. Because you are so passionate that you can become focused on it without even thinking about it. Like you can be so narrow minded on something. When you're so narrow minded, you really lose you really lose out. Like, I'll give you another example. I have a company, I have a friend of mine in Greensboro. Mm -hmm. White guy, older white guy. He, he does striping. He does a lot of work for me. And in return, I have his, I, we, we are like now business friends. We call each other all the time and talk about different strategies, different things. And he does something that I just don't do. Right, he does he does a particular part of work that I don't do, and instead of me trying to do it myself, I'm like, let me just pay this guy to do this part because at the end of the day, and we joke about this all the time. Like, I said, you're gonna get paid, and I'm gonna get the credit, and, <laughs> and 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 we laugh about that because that's really the truth, because it, it's gonna come back to me. But I'm like, I've learned now not to try to do everything myself. And, and it's, it's hard when you start, because when you start, nobody knows but what's in your head. 
But the, the sooner you start to ask for help, and you have to keep asking for help. I had to ask my wife for help for years, right? But I also realized it wasn't it wasn't that she didn't want to help me. She was afraid that she was afraid that I couldn't we couldn't provide for the family. So once I realized that it wasn't even about her helping, it was about her calming these fears and doubts in her. She was completely on board because yeah. I took away all of those doubts. I took away all of those fears. So. I would say that for anybody who's trying to collaborate or work with their significant other or bring somebody in, you have to be open to allowing that person to have a little bit of freedom in their role. Yeah. You cannot, you, you know, when I, with the guys now, I literally give them a, their assignment and I purposely walk away. And I know they're going to mess something up. But what I'm trying to do is build trust with them. Because mm-hmm. if you never build trust with them, I'm, I want to get to the point where I don't I don't need to go with them on every job because they they, they know what to do. Yeah. But if I'm never right. giving them that opportunity, how can I get there? So you have to you have to get you have to get to a place where you become more flexible, and you do that by allowing people to be themselves in that organization, and then you provide the framework and say, here's the here's the overall vision now come in and give me some of that great detail stuff that i know you can provide and then you encourage the heck out of them any little thing they do right you pump it up like never before i mean you gotta get flyers made you gotta send out announcements you gotta tell the world this yeah. person helping me to build my brand i love my it company. that's what i was because the the goal for you know for any business owner and it, it took me to, it took me a little while to find this out too. The goal for any business owner is not to trade time for money. You don't right. want to have to actually be there in order to make the money. So that's why you need right. to, you need to train somebody else up. You need to show that you have confidence in that person. So definitely, yeah. definitely understand. Duplication. Here's yeah. what I le- realized. I'm actually a better salesman than I am a better striper. Mm-hmm. But because I'm always on the equipment, not now. But because I was always on the equipment, I couldn't sell. I couldn't get in front of people. Right. So I realized, I said, oh, I got to fire myself. I'm actually hurting the company. You can get to a point where you are hurting your own company. You're you're cutting your nose to spite your face by trying to do everything. You say, I want to grow, but you only want to grow in your head. You don't want to grow by bringing people in i i paid out i paid out to the guy I just described i paid out almost thirty thousand dollars last year in subbing out contracts to him somebody might say man you could keep that money in house it wasn't about the money yeah it was about the service and the in the and the collaboration that it provided for the company to where i could get to other things i got sick I could call Wayne and say, hey, Wayne, can you take care of this for me? He's going to go in. He's going to do a fantastic job. Right. And the company doesn't miss a beat. Maybe somebody, I don't have to sub it out. But for right now, I use all my resources. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the goal. I mean, that's the goal. You know, so many people in business hustle for so long and never get to that place. Um, But that is the goal. If you really, truly want to have a scalable business, then you have to follow that recipe. 
Um, and so this is just such a great example of scalability. Some of those things that we have to do as entrepreneurs, some of the realizations and aha moments that we have to have to grow, to go yeah. to the next level. I mean, we have someone here who's an entrepreneur, father, <laughs> speaker, yeah. minister, and now husband, husband, let's, let me backtrack, husband. Get the husband, yeah. We got the husband. We we talked about it, but let me let me say it. <laughs> yeah. um, and now author. And yes. so tell us about your book. This is seven steps to fatherhood. Yeah. So so just going back to just having so much stuff in my head. Yeah. Dealing with so many people. You have so many um, experiences with people. I've sat on the phone for hours with some brothers. I've been a part of mentor groups where I've sat around and learned from other men. I've been to conferences, all of this great information. And then you just bring it back and you say, man, um, I need people to get this stuff because they're going through some of the same mistakes that I made. They're going through mistakes that can be easily fixed. What can I do to make sure that I'm getting that message out? And one of my mentors told me, he said, you've got to get it on paper. That's right. Yeah. You got to get it down on paper. You got to write the book. Um, you can be, you can be heavily involved in church you can be very successful and you can be you can be at the top of your game in so many different areas but you can still be a horrible father yeah because you don't know your kids you don't understand what they need and you're not focused on them you're focused on all these other things you know how like guys al you can relate you say i'm out here hustling for the kids i'm hustling for the fam <laughs> but you'll never see them Aww. but you're never home then, yeah. You know, they, you, can't, you can't help them with two plus two on their homework assignment, right? Yeah. And so I said, I need to write something that is going to be a conversation, but it's something that you can, it's something that you can pick this book up 20, 30 years from now and it's relevant, right? Mm -hmm. So it's it, the reason why I say seven steps is because I like that number seven, spiritually completion. completion. Mm -hmm. um, and I wanted it to stand out in a way that says, these are tips. These are just tips. These are just suggestions. You don't have to take this information nowhere other than the countertop. But I think that these things will help you. I think they will help you. And it, and, it, and really, the tips are about, you know, how to create a um, a life plan. Mm -hmm. You know, how do you how do you sit down and say what what is the legacy of our family, right? What do I want my kids to? What do I want to pass on to them? Yeah. And it should be more than money. Mm -hmm. Right. Everybody's focused on, you know, money, the money piece, but just knowing the health of your family history. Yeah. Well, diabetes yeah. runs in my family. So I know I can't eat but so much birthday cake. Because otherwise I'm gonna be sitting around with type two diabetes. That's valuable yeah. information. Yeah. So the the book is about the young boys who are getting uh into parenthood very early. And they just have no clue as to what to do. And it's also to the older guys who need to freshen up on their uh, or sharpen up their skills and say, hey, look, I knew that, but I wasn't doing it. Now I got to execute it. It's a reminder. And um, and then, too, the book is also about really my journey of growing into a more mature man. Mm -hmm. And how do you how do you go from point A to point B? You you have to get coaches. You have to get a pastor. You have to get people in your life that can can challenge you. 
I talk about every man should have an accountability partner. Yeah. Because you need somebody in your life that's going to tell you the cold, hard facts. And that is, you need to grow up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you need to believe really the accountability partner is your wife. Yeah, you know, and yeah. so there, that, that's what the book is about. It's a very easy read. I didn't mean for it to be long. I didn't put any facts and figures in there. You can get that stuff on fatherhood.gov and all those places. I just wanted to make it something that um, is a good reminder and conversation to the young guys because I'm really, uh, really want to speak to the young young fathers, the the 20 to 24, 25 age range. Um, I've seen those guys really have the potential, but not have the skills to do what they need to do to be good dads. So, and they get a bad rep because they're young. And I wanted to speak to the people that everybody disenfranchises. Yeah. Well, one of the things I like that you said, um, one of the things I like that you said is that the book was for fathers. Because um, I, I don't know if you said this or maybe pastor, our pastor said it. We have the same pastor, uh, Will Nichols. But one of the things, some people don't learn something until you actually get into it. Some things you just can't prepare for. Mm-hmm. Like fatherhood, you, you can't prepare for fatherhood. You can try to do all these things, but you won't really be prepared or you won't really be a good father until you're actually a father. So yeah. that, that I think that is definitely something that fathers need. You know, you need yeah. you need that that experience to help you get there because you can have all the ideas in the world about how you're gonna do this and how you're gonna do that. But when those those babies come, like it's, it's a whole it's, different ballgame. It's I a mean, whole different ballgame. I mean my whole relationship with my wife changed after we had kids. I mean we we yeah. went from like, you know, always having date night to um, I need you to go downstairs and get that bottles to o'clock in the morning I was plugging up and I didn't I wasn't ready for that I just wasn't yeah. ready you know we my my youngest now um is two so it was it had been eight years since we had another child I had grown so much I mean I was like bottles ready got your um got your your your, your watermelon ready because I know that's what you like I mean I was like night and day you know and she, you know she was like she's like you you definitely changed with Kinsley. And I'm like, yeah, because I realized that I did a horrible job the first time around. I wanted to do something better. And so, but that's the that's what I'm talking about. It's just, you know, a lot of times people think that it's about being this, this, this perfect image of a father. Listen, I make so many mistakes along the way. But what I realized is that you, you don't want to miss, you don't want to miss things that, they really are looking for you to be there you know like like now i'm i'm okay with canceling a job to be at the kids um track you know their little you know something they got going on at school because i'm like i may never get that opportunity again i may die tomorrow you know you won't get get the opportunity again because it's it's, right that's not gonna be that track meet yeah right so it's like you know what i'm all i'm all right with with letting something wait so i can be involved and, and so, yeah now am i going to be there every time no because you know like tomorrow they're going to do some some activity and i i'm like listen i gotta work you know but i'm like i was there at the last five so i put in my time yeah. so it, you know, it's, it's it's not always being like trying to have this perfect attendance but it's just trying to do your best just give right. your best effort and i'm about promise- ball. it's about the quality of the time L- little wayne's daughter said this and i thought it was so profound she said, my father always was trying to give me money and all I wanted was his time. 
Yeah. So 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 that's where I just draw the line and say, you know what? I'm just gonna try to be here today. I'm just trying to try to be involved today. I'm, tomorrow, hey, I might drop the ball tomorrow, but I hope y'all know I love y'all. Yeah, I love <laughs> it. I think, I think one of the, the important things you said, and I know we got to end, but one of the, the important things that I, I learned as as a father and and what you were talking about is especially as an entrepreneur. You know, I've seen all these successful people, like you mentioned, Little Wayne. I've seen these successful people build these amazing empires and they kid, their kids want nothing to do with it. Right. You know, it's how much is what you're building worth if your kids, if they, you know, they don't like it because they didn't get your time. You spent right. all of your time on building that empire, building that business, and they want nothing to do with it because all they wanted was your time. Right. So you, you do have to find that, that balance. And I, and I, you know, myself, I had to find that balance because I said I was doing all this for my kids. I'm building this empire for my kids, but it doesn't mean anything if they, you know, they don't get that time with me and they don't even care about what I'm building. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and I think that, I think that the, the, um, the solution to that is to stop being busy and be more focused because you'd be at home and still not be present. Mm -hmm. You could, you could be in another room, you know, yeah. all, all that kind of stuff. But when you start to realize that if I focus, if I focus on one thing and just focus on that one thing well, it will open the doors for other things. Yeah, yeah, that's significant. And that's what I was gonna say, um, that it, I read this book, it's called Essentialism. And um, it's about- I, I was just about to mention that. <laughs> oh, when, when, you, when you said that I went ahead and bought it, I'm actually reading it right now. And I was oh, gonna good. say that, that's one of the things it. I've learned from that, yeah. Yeah, I recommend it across the board. It's a book that I tell people to get all the time, but it's the idea, the discipline that less is more. And yeah. so it's about yes. managing priorities. Like what, what are those essentials that you must have in life and then focusing in and managing those. And I think, you know, that's what parenting, whether mother, father is, well, that's what parenting is about and why so many people do have various levels of traumas one of them is time management because their father or their mother was absent and i was going to make a point earlier about security al had brought that up you know as a woman who did not have a father present in the home that is one of the things that is major for me security that's one of the things that i always talk about at the very beginning of any relationship that was going to get serious that i was ever in it, security is important to me. As soon as I don't feel secure, I'm out. I'm out. That's me. I'm and that's, that's me. <laughs> I know that about me, but that is why. And, you know, that was a journey to get to there. Um, and so it is significant. Like all the things you're saying about father, you guys are talking about with fatherhood, with um, showing up, with priority management, with all of these things. You know, it goes down to how, what legacy do we want to leave, you know, for our, yes. for our children? How do we want them to be able to show up in this world? And what are we willing to do putting ourselves aside, you know, to, to, to help guide them to, to be those people that they can be to their fullest potential because they didn't ask to be here. You know, yeah. they didn't, they didn't ask to be here. They're here. So we have a responsibility to them. And so I love this conversation. I love seeing, you know, the passion from both of you, not just you, Maurice, but even you, Al, 
you know, and I love to see the friendship too between you two. And we were talking at the beginning of the show about the fact that they had a show before, which I actually forgot. Um, they had a show so you guys can sense the chemistry, you know, because of that fact. They had a TV show. Um, how long ago was it? A couple years? Yeah, it was. Uh, so my my son is two. So it was yeah, it was about two years ago, yeah. and we were doing our I want to say our first live show, and my wife was pregnant. It might have been the second live show. My wife was pregnant, and 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 she went into labor the day of that you know the live show. So as she's going into she's going into labor that night, you know people. Anyone who doesn't have babies, it, it, take, it takes a while to get to that point. You know, you got some, mm -hmm. you got some time. Yeah. So as, as she's going into labor, I'm trying to, you know, take care of her and check on her. I'm trying to find someone to cover the show and produce it for that day, you know, and, and be yeah. able to you know, organize it. So I'm trying to do both of those things. But yeah, my, my son was born on the day that show went live. So it, it was, that's, that's a funny story. Yeah. I, I kind of remember that a little bit. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, but we want to make sure that people are able to get in touch with you. It's so many components of your life that gels with coffee and collaborations, hmm. not just the friendship between you all, <laughs> but so many other components, but that just so happens to be a bonus. So this has been enjoyable for me to just watch you all um, and two dads, number one, but also friends. So how do people get in contact with you, especially when that book comes out to make sure that they can get that book? If you can share your social media, website, all of those things. Yeah, um, the best way to, to, to catch up with me is 21fatherhood.com. Uh, and the book will be uh, listed there. Right now we're getting ready to do the pre-order and mm -hmm. all of that. Stuff. And um, it looks it looks looks like we're gonna be able to release uh, about mid June, right before Father's Day. So I'm really excited about that. I have to wait just a little bit because my wife's birthday is the fifth. So right now, <laughs> she's taking up all of the, the 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 social media time. But after the fifth, I'm gonna start really pushing it. But they can definitely um, go to my website, and that's the best way to catch me. Any any anything you want to really gain from me is gonna be um, on there and then social media wise just just look up Maurice Webb you'll find me one way or another nice so that was 21fatherhood.com all right yeah. and we thank you for joining us today on the coffee and collaborations podcast Al did you want to say anything before we close out just want to thank uh, Maurice for coming we you know we appreciate the conversation uh, definitely everyone go out and, and get his book when it when it comes out uh, Amaris is is an amazing you know speaker, amazing advocate for fathers, and we're going to be celebrating fatherhood and, and collaboration you know all month long. So we want to thank everyone for coming, and and the collaboration continues. That's right, we love it. So thanks again, Maurice. You guys follow us on Instagram at Coffee and Collaborations, as well as Facebook, and then you can subscribe to our YouTube channel at coffee and collaborations media if you have a father or someone that you would like to have on the show see on the show just know that we need to speak with them and highlight them then email us at info at coffee and collaborations.com everything leads to www 
www.jobcoffeeandcollaborations.com and that'll loop you to everything else. So we really appreciate you for joining us every episode, but especially this month as we highlight fathers who are doing amazing things in the community, starting with Maurice Webb. We really appreciate you and we appreciate everyone for joining us. And guys, you may not like coffee. So let's say that the coffee is an option, but that collaboration, that is absolutely essential to your win. You guys go out here and win. Remember, you are born to win. See you soon. This has been a Coffee and Collaborations media production. Follow us at coffeeandcollaborations.com, on Twitter at coffee in the letter N collab, on Instagram at coffee and collaborations, and on Facebook at coffee and collaborations. See you in the next episode.